Yo, yo. Check one, check two. I'm the anchor slash rapper that you never thought would happen. Commentary get it cracking like pads when they start whacking. Applaud like studio audience audio. It's the Rob You Sports Stu Show. Is that so? Rob You Sports Season 5. Season live. Pick off plus pray when wide. Film session commentary. Give picks to spook the scary like scoop and score on very. Known for splash plays. Pick nicks like pick six. Pick four. A quick pick. I hit like quick kick. Chopstick or chapstick. I rap this to rap it. A new gift on rap it like new e the baskets when kids get ecstatic. Rob you sports 2022. Are you ready for some Rob you? And welcome back to the Rob you sports stew show NFL 2022 going into week seven. And on Thursday night, it was a matchup between the, the Arizona Cardinals and also the New Orleans Saints. And it was a close game for a little while. Then the Cardinals defense had some key plays on some pick sixes. And they were able to pull away from the Saints. Saints, it was a nice offensive matchup back and forth. But in this game, the Cardinals defense was very opportunistic and had some nice key plays to end up getting the victory. Cardinals 42 over the Saints 34. And also in this matchup, there was a fiery <laughs> Kyler Murray scene shouting or pouting at his coach. <laughs> But in this instance, even though I think it may have looked worse than it was, it was not a good look for the team or for the franchise or for the relationship or the respect level of quarterback to head coach. You know, there should be a, a level there with a nice fluid situation or fluid relationship. But, you know, in most instances, people think of the head coach yelling at the player as opposed to the player yelling at the head coach. Maybe sometimes players like to yell at position coaches. <laughs> but head coach, that's not really the one that you usually will yell at. But in this scenario, Kyler was seen shouting at head coach Cliff Kingsbury. And it was it was right before they were almost about to go into a delayed game and had to use the last time out. So supposedly Kyler said he was just trying to give a shout out to tell the coach to chill out. <laughs> but... So some of those viewers on Amazon were able to lip read and see he was saying something else. But, you know, of course, after the game, they both downplayed it. And, um, of course, now they're back to being the best of friends. <laughs> but, no. On another note, we had number 23 in the San Fran 49ers. Now going to be Christian McCaffrey, the former Panther running back, multi-use Swiss Army knife running back receiver. Now, going to the 49ers in the Bay Area, close to where he played college football at Stanford. And for this haul, the 49ers gave the Panthers a number two pick, a number three pick, a number four pick, and a future number five pick in the upcoming drafts in 2023 and 2024 or 2025 or something like that. But with this move, of course, the 49ers are definitely stocking up and looking for that playoff run, maybe a Super Bowl run. I mean, they have nice weaponry now bringing in McCaffrey to go along with Debo Samuel, some of these other nice receivers and running backs that they already have in place. And the 49ers usually keep a nice running back. And, of course, Debo Samuel can play any position, and so can Christian McCaffrey. So it'll be interesting to see if they're going to line him out wide a little bit or just have him focus on playing out of the backfield. But with another 
impactful player like Christian McCaffrey joining the 49ers definitely seem like they are definitely poised to make a nice playoff run with this addition. And the Carolina Panthers did some dealing before they dealt McCaffrey, trading away disgruntled receiver Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals after Anderson was seen yelling at one of his coaches, a wide receivers coach or position coach. And after things began to escalate, he was told by interim Carolina Panthers head coach to take it to the locker room, get out of here. So Robbie Anderson would go on to explain himself and say he was confused as to why he was being taken out of the game in a crucial part of the game. But he, of course, expressed his frustrations and misunderstandings in the wrong way, of course. And this led to him being traded to the Arizona Cardinals, which he did make his debut this past Thursday. And I believe he had one target in that game, but the big target, of course, was D-Hop coming back from that suspension and now joining with Kyler Murray and being able to mentor Kyler on some of the finer points of the game and professionalism <laughs> and not yelling at your coach on national national televised games in front of the whole world to see. So, in other news, there's been some things going on with these NFL owners, but Dan Snyder has mentioned he has dirt on NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and other owners. And this could be one of the reasons that the commissioner or other owners have been hesitant to oust him from the league for everything that he's had going on with his franchise, the, the Redskins and now the Commanders and all of the different sexual misconduct and other egregious acts that used to go on under the watch of their, under the watch of his, under the behest of his goons and underlings. And they try to downplay everything that they used to do to the co that the co-workers and the things that they were forced to go through and the foolishness and ignorance that existed as that company, you know, as the 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 whole company vibe and the company energy and the company culture that the Redskins slash commanders were manifesting there. So maybe he does have some dirt on Roger Goodell and some of these other owners, and that's why they haven't already forced him out. But there's been some internal beef with some of the owners, such as Colts owner Jim Ursay saying that there is merit to have Dan Snyder ousted. So there's already one owner speaking out and saying he's in favor of getting rid of him. But then we have owners like Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, and they're not agreeing with the, the right way to compensate Roger Goodell, where Jerry Jones already, already believes he's overpaid and already makes too much. And Kraft is having a committee or a group of owners to determine what his pay should be or how he should be compensated. Well, I guess it was 45, the next future commissioner, and maybe his last contract with them. So we'll see how things turn out with these owners bickering amongst each other. And also, will they eventually try to push out the Redskins slash commander owner Dan Snyder? Probably getting close to that time, close to that point. In other NFL news... The woes of the older QB vets. And there's a short list of NFL veteran quarterbacks. And they have definitely had their time in the NFL. They definitely have set records, been MVPs, had nice playoff runs, won Super Bowls, and have the, the longevity of being NFL quarterbacks. 
But when we look at some of the woes of these older veteran QBs in the 2022 season going into week seven, number one on the list, maybe 1A and 1B is going to definitely probably be Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, who both seem to be having different kinds of struggles with their offense this year and with things looking as crisp and as polished as it did in years past. And some people have spoken on the situations going on with Tom Brady off the field with certain issues that may be existing in his marriage and what's going on with him and his wife. And when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, he knew he was losing his ace receiver, Adams, Devontae, to go to the Raiders for a new contract. And I think he maybe should have spent more time getting back in getting back in sync with the future receivers he's going to have at his disposal now because we've heard different news and there's been different stories of him chewing out the receivers and talking bad about the receivers and you know when you when you play a sport like football you want to know that everybody is it has the same goal and has the same vision in mind of the success they want for the team and you don't want necessarily somebody always exposing or discrediting your your position group or, posi- or position that you play on the team so who's to know how those young receivers are taken to the criticism from Rodgers and then there was a thing going back and forth with coach LaFleur of Rodgers saying he needs to simplify the offense <laughs> and LaFleur saying he doesn't know what that means because I guess he said this is what the play is called this is what we're going to run this is what they have to learn they have to know this stuff and maybe Rodgers saying well they don't know it just draw a picture on a sheet of paper and hold up a sign for them or something so <laughs> there's definitely probably a learning curve when you become an nfl receiver especially changing teams you know you have to learn the language you have to learn the different concepts of what you're going to be doing in that offense compared to what you did in a previous offense that you played in so Rodgers may not be understanding and at the same time his athleticism and decision making and quicker release may be declining as as could tom brady's and we see them Brady recently chewing out his offensive line. I guess upset for he because he's getting hit. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't come back to the league this year to get hit. I came back here to win another Super Bowl. What y'all doing out here? <laughs> so it's been some things going on with these older veteran QBs, led by Brady Rogers, also Russell Wilson having his setbacks and difficulties in in the Broncos organization. Doesn't look like. All the players are really feeling him. Or all the players have sold, uh, bought into his persona, his image, and his leadership ability. So he's going to probably have to try to win that locker room over as opposed to trying to be more popular or do more commercials or do more things to, to promote his personal profile. I think he needs to focus on being a leader in the locker room amongst the men and show that you're of the people instead of maybe... He has his own separate locker room. He has his own separate, you know, chef and stuff like that. You know, he might be he might be doing the most because it's like, you know, they brought me in here. But at the same time, when you're not producing on the field, of course, there's going to be criticism from the media. It's going to be criticism from the fans. And eventually, the ownership may scratch their heads. But at the same time, they have a long contract with him, many much guaranteed money. So it's not like they can just get rid of him. Or maybe he becomes trade bait, but not so fast. <laughs> you have to kind of wait this thing out and see if he can still rekindle some of that Russell Wilson magic 
where we used to see him scramble in the pocket, go for the deep bomb to somebody, or scramble in the pocket, pick up, pick up a quick 10 to 15 yards, keep the chains moving, keep the drive alive. He has been playing a, little, a lot more timid this season. Maybe he doesn't want to re-injure some injuries that he knew he had coming into the season that he felt were not going to keep him on the injury list. But if he keeps getting hit, these things could flare up. So it's something going on, man. He's had the shoulder that said he had the hamstring or whatever else. So there's been some, some ticky-tack injuries, but also he has been playing like he used to. Different offense, different scenery. And maybe some of that mile-high mile air as well. And then we have Stafford. And with Stafford, the knock on Stafford has been the consistency and also is he just that so reliant on Cooper Cup. So the Rams have not come out to the best start. And also they had some issues with the running back game where they sent Akers away from the team. Maybe something that happened internally. But it seems like they have decent depth, just not always the third down type back running backs. They have more grinded out guys. But they still have that Rams defense with Aaron Donald, so that definitely counts for something. And you also recently seen Andy Dalton still hanging in there and throwing interceptions galore in the last Thursday night game with the Saints. But that's just some of the older NFL QBs and some of the woes they've been having. But it's still early in the season, and who's to say which one of these guys is going to step it up, turn it around, and get back to how we used to see them in their winning ways and things of that nature. We'll see. Speaking of we'll see, as the November 1st trade deadline approaches, who are some of the players you should keep your eyes on and keep a keep an ear out for? Well, Nelson Aguilar for the Patriots. Maybe he might be trade bait. Safety from the Raiders, Jonathan Abram, the once high draft pick. Defensive end, Robert Quinn, the edge rusher and edge setter, Chicago Bear. Cam Akers, who the Rams recently sent home from practice and away from the team. And also Kenny Galladay, who hasn't been having the best run so far with the Giants coming over from his Rams days. So that's just some of the players you might hear something about as we approach and get closer to the November 1st trade deadline in the NFL. And other news. We have a recent signing of a veteran wide receiver as Jackpot Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> signs with signs with the Ravens, and I guess he'll be featured as their deep man or speed threat to stretch the field out, as the Ravens are mostly known for passes to the tight end and the occasional bomb, but he definitely will give them a... a Deshaun Jackson will definitely give them a certified deep threat as long as he still has something left in the tank. Still a few other lingering free agent veteran players who have most likely players and teams interested in them joining, such as OBJ. It's been rumored he'll go to the Buffalo Bills coming from a current bill, but we'll see. And also, Wilbur Dominican Siouxland if he does return this year. So that's some of the lingering veteran free agents still out there. And speaking of out there, somebody that's supposed to be coming back in there is Dak Prescott. And it's believed Dak Prescott will be back, returning to the starting lineup for the Cowboys offense 
and what, what can we expect from Dak as he retakes the helm as starting quarterback from Cooper Rush? Rush did have some impressive games, but also he did not have to overdo it and do too much with a nice, solid, and athletic and playmaking defense. But also, Rush did show that he had some good decision making and could have a quick release getting rid of the ball. Now, those running backs are also a nice tandem. And we'll see how the receivers and the other skill players do moving forward with the Cowboys. Now that Dak is returning, will they have the right chemistry? Will he be able to make some nice connections downfield? We'll see. And in my week six pick recap, see what had happened was terrible, terrible, terrible picks. This was one of those Sundays where it was like, obviously the, everything I thought would happen would happen except for the the final slate of games. But as far as the early slate of games, that Washington-Chicago game, which that game was terrible anyway, but <laughs> I did think the Bears would be able to pull it out. They had so many chances to, but it just did not go in their favor. And then with the Cincinnati-New Orleans game last, last week, it was just, I don't know. I thought the Ravens would beat the Giants. I thought the Jaguars would beat the Colts. But Minnesota did beat the Dolphins. But New England did beat the Browns. <laughs> so this definitely was not my week last week, week six. And I'll be the first to admit it. Last week, going six and eight, that's just not, not what I like to do here on the show. And you know what I'm saying? If you, you know what I'm saying... <laughs> If you know the show, you know I don't I don't even like to do picks like that. You know what I'm saying? But I did make these picks early in the week. Like this was before the, even the Thursday night game. So sometimes it's good to wait out your picks until Friday or Saturday where you can get a good idea of which players and which who's gonna be on the active roster, who's questionable, who's doubtful, who's definitely playing, and you can definitely make better picks and you know projections of who's going to win the game based on which players are going to actually be involved and active in the game. And, you know, certain players might be already worth 10 points just because of what they bring to the offense. Or some players might just, you know, you know, if they have this player active, it counts for something more. So, like I said, this wasn't a good week for the picks. You know, 6 and 8 is not, not a good pick record for myself. But uh, I did get the Arizona-Seattle game with uh, Seattle getting that victory. And also the Rams beating the Panthers, not really surprising. But I did get the Buffalo-Kansas City game. I said the Buff Buffalo Bills would win that game, and they did. And that was definitely one of the top matchups of the weekend. And I did choose the Dallas-Philadelphia winner correctly, which was Dallas 16, Philadelphia 26. I was in within one point of the actual Dallas score, which was 17. So that was my best pick of the week. And I did choose the, I about to say the Los Angeles Clippers. I did choose the Chargers to beat Denver as well. So, ended off with a 6-8 record. Definitely will hope to improve on that record as we go into Week 7. So, with Week 7, my Game of the Week matchup will be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Fran 49ers. San Fran now adding newcomer running back slash receiver Christian McCaffrey from the Panthers. How will they implement him? How much will they use him within the first game? Just as he gets adjusted to San Fran, West Coast time, and getting to know the guys on the team and the way the offense is run. And also, 
Kansas City Chiefs coming off that loss last week to the Buffalo Bills. Definitely going to look to rebound and bounce back and try to right their wrongs of their recent defeat. But in this game, will it be more of a back-and-forth offensive showdown? Or will the San Fran defense be able to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs? Or will the Kansas City Chiefs be able to put too much points up for San Fran to be able to come back on them? So this game can go a lot of different ways. And this is definitely going to be a, a nice, nice game. It's going to be like a chess match. Like this could be a potential Super Bowl matchup for this for this year. So when it comes to the head coaches, OCDC, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, they are close. But I would say that just they were just about even would definitely give the defensive edge to the San Fran 49ers. So I would say in this in this I would give the 49ers a check mark and I would give the Kansas City Chiefs a plus. Just because the check mark takes it overall, but the plus means they have two of those three categories, which is the head coach and the offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. But the 49ers have the head coach, the offense, and the defense because 49ers are known as a defensive team as well as an offensive team. So they're more complete on both sides of the ball. When it comes to the playbook, I would give I would give both of these teams I would give both of these teams a check for playbook as well. Because you know when it comes to the playbook of the Chiefs and the 49ers these playbooks kind of run like clockwork and the plays have nice play design. They usually can find an open receiver or with the 49ers. They have the zone running and the different misdirection and hands off, hand off to the running back, hand off to the receiver. And that kind of keeps the defense on their toes of who, who has the ball. And these guys already have a running start or put Debo Samuel back in the backfield, spread Debo out wide. Now you have Christian McCaffrey, move him around like a chess piece. And this is this is going to be a nice off, offensive back and forth, I think. QB wise, I, I would go the edge with Kansas City and Mahomes, but Garoppolo is a is a solid quarterback, so he definitely gets gets a dash or a hyphen because he has shown he can get it done. It's just sometimes he does not come up with the big wins and big and big moments in games. But he's a solid starting quarterback, and he's he has been a winner in the league. So you got to give him that. And he's seen a lot, and he's he's done a lot and played a lot. So he has some experience at what he's doing. And when it comes to the running back position, definitely we'll go with the 49ers here with a check mark. And Kansas City, they do have some talent in the backfield, but they're not really known for their running game. So I'll give them the dash for Hilaire. Uh if he's you know if he's playing he's active wide receivers and tight ends and that's another one it's going to be close but i would have to give the edge here now i would give the the dash to the chiefs and the check mark to the 49ers because the 49ers have the tight end and the star receivers and bringing in McCaffrey, who will be an extra receiver at the running back position and wherever else they put him. 
where the 40 where the Chiefs more I think lean on Kelsey a lot but they have so many new receivers now you don't know who's going to be the number one receiver as far as who is Mahomes always going to go to at the receiver position where he may feel more comfortable just going to Kelsey so if the 49ers defense can key on Kelsey that may give them a slight edge to defending the what the Chiefs are going to try to do offensively so that's why I would go with the 49ers over the Chiefs for receiver and tight end because even though the Chiefs have a lot of receivers, I don't think any of those guys have really differentiated themselves or stood out as far as being the X or number one receiver right now. And I think they're more relying on, on reliant on Kelsey. So we'll see. And O-line-wise, I think both of these O-lines probably do a good job of protecting the quarterback for the – Chiefs and in the case of the 49ers run blocking so I would give both of these old lines a check defensive line will go with the 49ers linebacking core I will go with the 49ers and DBs would also go with the 49ers so special teams could probably go either way but just looking at the matchup off of what I like to do component wise and position wise and matchup wise how they stack up against each other, the tail of the tape. Just looking at it, it already looks to me like I would part probably just go with the 49ers in this game just based off the strength that they have where their defense could be able to slow down the Chiefs while they still have a solid offense, solid receivers, solid running back, and depth. And that, I think, is going to make the difference of the game, the 49ers defense. So we'll see. Coming up in block two of the Rob U Sports Stew Show. Week seven, Pharaoh Knicks picks for the NFL. So keep it locked. And welcome back. To the Rob U Sports Stew Show, NFL 2022, Week 7. Let's take a look at the games. Atlanta at Cincinnati. And Atlanta and Cincinnati, these teams are kind of like, you know, when you pick between these teams, it's hard to say who's going to come out on top because these teams go either way. But in this game, I think Atlanta might defeat the Bengals with a final Atlanta 24, Cincinnati 23. When it comes to the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens, We've seen the Baltimore defense give up some leads in late in games over the past few weeks. And also, Cleveland is one of those teams where sometimes the, the offense is, is on track, sometimes they're off schedule. So, it's going to be a, a tough one, I believe. But if Cleveland can get those running backs involved early and have a consistent run game, I'll say Cleveland 27, Baltimore 17. But I think this will be a good game. And then Detroit at Dallas, I'll say Dallas 30, Detroit 20. Green Bay at Washington. This has all the makings of a trap game where the Packers go in there underestimating the Washington Commanders. But who's to say how it turns out? I think it will turn out the way I think, but we'll see. I say Washington 24, Green Bay 20. But we'll see how it turns out. And Indianapolis Colts and Tennessee Titans. We've seen some mixed reactions early with the Colts offense and passing game. And with Tennessee, are they more reliant on Sticking to a ground game, or are they going to find some receiving threats for Tannehill 
We're going to see how it goes. But I say Colts 19, Tennessee 17. But this will be a close game. And then when it comes to the Giants and the Jacksonville Jaguars, I say Giants 31, Jaguars 27. Because the Giants have been playing some nice team ball this year and finding ways to win. And when it comes to the Tampa Bay at Carolina, Carolina, despite trading away some offensive pieces, does still have a nice, strong defense, and that's definitely going to count for something against the Buccaneers. Will the Buccaneers be able to find some some uh, find some offensive consistency against this tough Carolina defense? Or will the Carolina offense be able to make any points and score field goals against this Tampa Bay defense? We haven't seen a lot of explosiveness from the Carolina Panthers offense with some of their quarterbacks like Baker Mayfield out and now they run with PJ Walker maybe he can be a dual threat we'll see but I think it'll be a close game I'll give the edge to the Panthers playing at home with a tough defense Carolina 26 Tampa Bay 23 but we'll see and when it comes to the Houston Texans and the Las Vegas Raiders I'll say Vegas 19 Houston 13 and when it comes to the New York Jets and the Denver Broncos haven't really seen a lot from Denver this year as far as offensively and what they're going to be able to do with now Russell Wilson as the starting quarterback. But what we have seen from the Jets is they're a young, hungry team. They're athletic. They have a very nice defense. And you can probably play some consistent ball on offense that will allow them to defeat the Broncos with a final score of Denver 20 New York Jets 24. So look out for the Jets this year. It looks like they're going to be one of those sleeper teams, one of those teams people don't really expect much from, but they can find a way to win. And then when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs at the San Fran 49ers, my game of the week. This one right here I think it's going to be a high-scoring, action-packed game. But I just think San Fran is going to have some defense that the Chiefs don't have against that offense so i must say kc 21 san fran 23 but this would be a good game and it could go either way and when it comes to seattle at los angeles Chargers, i say seattle 29 Chargers 23 and when pittsburgh goes to take on the miami dolphins now with Tua returning and with pittsburgh with pickett returning ironically both of these players quarterbacks returning from concussions I'm going to give the edge to the Dolphins who have been playing pretty good ball early in the season with Tua. And I'll say Dolphins 30 over the Pittsburgh Steelers 20. And when it comes to the Chicago Bears at the New England Patriots, we'll see if Fields and Nikhil Harry can form some kind of connection for Nikhil to try to show the Panthers he was a, a capable receiver. The Bears haven't really had much of a passing game, have been relying on the running game, which has been decent for them. And will Fields start to run the ball more, or will he start to try to air it out with some new weapons on offense? We'll see. New England was Zappe or Zappy, Zippy. <laughs> will their new quarterback understand to be able to continue to get it done for the Patriots? And will the Patriots be able to shut down that Bears offense? think it'll be a close grinded out game but i'm gonna say bears 20 over the patriots 16 but we'll see and this concludes another episode of the rob you sports do show don't forget to like comment subscribe ring the notification bell thanks for checking me out don't forget to be safe be blessed and i'll see you on the next